Welcome to episode number 100 of Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Thanks to everybody for listening along for all other 99 episodes. It's been tons of fun since we launched this in early February. Hope to have hundreds more. Hey, maybe thousands more. Who knows how uh, how far we'll take this thing. Interesting, some stuff going on right now. Vikings and vaccines. I'm going to get to that in a minute. Twins, more injury caution in uh, in Wednesday night's game. Even even in even in a win, there's uh, there's not some great news along with that. Chris Hine, only fitting that Chris Hine is my interview subject today. Covers the Timberwolves. He's been on a whole bunch. First five time guest. He will join me here in just a little bit. But first, what did I miss? And like I mentioned at the outset, I want to talk about Vikings and vaccines. And the NFL sent out a memo. Kind of in concert, actually. It, it, but Mike Zimmer addressed the media on uh, on Wednesday morning, talking about how Vikings players who aren't vaccinated are going to have a hard time this season, um, and that includes some some guys who publicly said Tuesday they aren't vaccinated: Sheldon Richardson, um, Adam Thielen, and uh, and Harrison uh, Harrison Smith. So some prominent players on this team. Kirk Cousins declined basically to answer the question of whether he was vaccinated or not, and I get it that that can be a it can be a private subject. What's interesting to me is that that the league is putting pressure. Basically, they've they've made this into a are you a selfish player or are you an unselfish player kind of thing by making it you know making it so that players who aren't vaccinated don't have certain rights on a, on the field this year uh, you know on in, and during travel that that players who that players who are vaccinated have it's, it's pretty interesting that that that's that this is the way they've, they've gone about it i think it's i think it's really smart actually i i don't get these guys who say they're looking for more information i don't i don't know what more information you could possibly want at this point uh, as we've seen the numbers go down and down and down in terms of covid positives in terms of deaths as the vaccine rollout has happened as you've seen virtually nobody have any complications from it um, but basically, you know, unvaccinated players, five-figure fines for violating pro- protocols, um, can't gather, you know, with away from the team, um, can't socialize with non-team members, things like that. Whereas vaccinated players can do a whole bunch of other things, including, you know, meeting together as a group, not wearing masks. Um, you know, they can go out and, you know, and have have other contacts and things like that. So, I do wonder if this is going to have the potential to divide locker rooms especially with the way the NFL has laid down the law a little bit here you know some there's going to be some pressure now um and I don't think it's bad pressure I think it's due pressure on on players who aren't vaccinated and I think ultimately most players will will make peace with the decision of of those who don't get vaccinated but I'm just curious if if there is going to be some tension and some animosity in in locker rooms between players who are and aren't vaccinated, and whether that will become a subplot of 2021, especially if there's an outbreak where players have to miss games in 2021, which really, really shouldn't happen given the science that we have at our fingertips. I'm Chris Hine, Timberwolves beat writer at the Star Tribune and the first five-time guest in daily delivery history. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This work is made possible by our Star Tribune subscribers. For unlimited access to the articles mentioned in this podcast, our coverage of Minnesota sports from pros to preps, and even all of Rand's future blog posts about how the Timberwolves should trade for players they will never get, go to startribune.com slash subscribe. It is only proper and fitting that Chris Hine, the first five-time daily delivery guest, is 
the guest for the 100th episode of Daily Delivery. That is what we are doing today. We made it 100 episodes. Feels like it went fast. I don't know, Chris. You've you've been on a, a good number of of these, but you know, to me, it was like it doesn't feel like I've done 100 of these, but I guess I have because that's what it says on yeah. the uh, that's what it says on the tracker. Well, I mean, maybe it went by fast for some. Maybe it went by slowly for others. I'm not, you know, we'll have to pull the audience on that. Yeah, maybe people. Uh, yeah, <laughs> some people <laughs> felt like they listened to 300. <laughs> did not did not fly by to some people. But uh, Chris, you know, I, I didn't anticipate this being as newsy a segment as it has turned out to be. But you know, we I feel like right off the jump with the Timberwolves, we need to talk about this ownership kind of dispute is maybe the wrong word, but you know, lawsuit at the very least. I want to get into some Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball, uh, Rookie of the Year stuff, LaMelo winning that, and then obviously lottery drawing next week, big for the franchise. So a lot of stuff to get to in addition to Carol King songs as Timberwolves players. That's going to be a, a highly anticipated this part was, of this segment. Uh, this was you, Rand's idea, by the way. For you uh, and for dozens of idea. others. It is, it is yes. my idea. It was my idea. Um <laughs> Surprisingly, it was, uh, but yeah, this ownership stuff broke it down well the other day, but even after you broke it down, it still, it still feels complicated. What does this boil down to? And, you know, if you're a Wolves fan, just kind of scratching your head, like, what does this all mean? Is there an upshot to it? Or is it just kind of in the weeds? Yeah, I, I'm, I think we're still trying to figure out where this is going ultimately, especially as it pertains to the agreement that's in place between Glenn Taylor, Alex Alex Rodriguez, and Mark Laurie for the potential takeover of the Timberwolves. So I think we're just kind of waiting to see what ramifications are going to come of this. Hard to tell. Right now, it appears as if this is a dispute between Glenn Taylor and Meyer Orbach over when Orbach is going to get paid. Whether that's, it seems Orbach wants to get paid now um, and Taylor is saying you will get paid in two years when Rodriguez and Lori actually take over the franchise. So Orbach is contending that since Taylor has an agreement in place with Lori and Rodriguez, that that constitutes enough grounds that he's selling the team. He's selling a controlling, uh, a controlling part of the team. And therefore Orbach could exercise these quote unquote tag along rights to basically liquidate his shares, which is about 16% of the team, and cash that in uh, as the new ownership comes in. Taylor is saying, not yet, not yet, Don't can't sell yet uh, per their partnership agreement. And in two years, when Lori and Rodriguez actually assume a controlling portion of the franchise, Taylor is going to exercise what are called drag-along rights. And everybody who is a limited partner or minority owner will get to cash in at the same kind of proportion that Taylor is selling the team. So that is kind of, it's basically, when is Meyer Orbach going to get his $300 million for owning 16% of the Timberwolves? He wants it now. Glenn Taylor's saying not now, but in two years. So, so that's kind of where this is at, in, in, at least to the best of my knowledge here. So two pieces of that I, w- I would always want, $300 million sooner rather than later, but I would kind of like it whenever. So I'm right, not picky. Right. Um, you know, if somebody told me I was getting $300 million in two years, I'd be okay with that too. Right. You know, right. But you, yeah. you know, you'd rather have it now. So I get it. Right, um, right. But the, the more interesting thing is the lawsuit as part of this has brought out some new information, right? Like we wouldn't have known some of what we know about 
the purchase agreement about controlling interest in the team, things like that without this lawsuit, correct? Correct. Cause uh, everything has to get submitted to the court. So, you know, at first the big revelation was that there was no language in the, in the agreement between Taylor, Lori and Rodriguez to keep the Timberwolves in Minnesota, as, as Taylor said, there would be uh, my contention all along is that even if there was anything in there, it wasn't going to mean much anyway, because it's very hard to restrict a new owner and keep kind of keep a, a lock over what they could do with the business. Once they take it over, it's theirs to do what they want with it. Um, but now we've, we've seen a few other things that have been uh, submitted to the court. We've seen kind of the ownership breakdown of just how much, um, you know, Glenn Taylor owns and how much other parties within the, within the Timberwolves own. Um, and you can kind of see that I, I broke it down on the website. Um, you know, I think it's Glenn Taylor owns about, I think it's about 69% or so between himself and his various organizations. Right. You've got uh, Meyer Orbach at about 16.3%. And uh, the Flip Saunders estate um, it's, is listed there as owning 0.27%. Um, and, a, and a bunch of other uh, a couple kind of small one zero to three percent owners uh, of, of the franchise. So you kind of see that breakdown. It also kind of lays out exactly how the the Lori Rodriguez takeover is going to go. We, we now see right. the, the Taylor's response includes kind of a step by step breakdown of how this is going to happen. And that is that uh, Rodriguez and Lori are going to come in for 20 percent of the ownership this year another 20% by the end of 2022. And then finally the 20%, which will put them into, you know, controlling interest, 60% controlling interest of the team by the end of 2023. Um, And then there's an option for another 20% uh, by the end of 2024. So this is kind of how this is all going to go, how they're going to become gradually um, integrated with the franchise until they take over by the end of 2023, which was kind of what they had said all along was going to happen. So at this point, we should mention, of course, the um, the insert that we always put into the story. Glenn Taylor, who owns the Timberwolves, still also owns the Star Tribune. The, the point you made just a little while ago mm-hmm. about the language in the contract not really meaning anything, it was still surprising to me that he would say it publicly that, you know, that that the language was going to be in there, some, something to that effect or indicating it at least. And then it wasn't in there. Do we, um, is that just a, is he overstepping something at that point? Or is it just a, a matter of, is that, does that not matter all that much? I don't, I, it's hard to tell. We haven't, uh, Glenn Taylor hasn't spoken publicly except for a short statement released by the team. Um, when, after, uh, my Orbach filed his initial suit. So we haven't had the chance to ask Glenn Taylor about that specifically and kind of what happened there or what's going on with that. Um, you know, everybody was, was uh, all a flutter on Twitter yesterday because Alex Rodriguez commented on somebody's Instagram comment on his feed saying he was going to keep the Timberwolves uh, in Minnesota. Um, so people were all excited about that. And I believe, and I, I, I haven't been to law school, but I feel like I have in reporting this case, but I believe Replies to Instagram comments are legally binding. <laughs> Those are that, legally binding. You think that's true? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think those are, those are a whole other court. Make, make sure you screenshot it. Cause that could be subpoenaed. Um, yes. In, it could be subpoenaed and brought up later in a deposition in yep. a court of law. I think that's legally yeah. binding. I don't know. I've got some lawyer friends. I'll ask them about that. Well, interesting stuff. I like the, I like the reporting on that was interesting. Another interesting thing that's not maybe terribly surprising given kind of what we knew going in, but still probably disappointing to some Wolves fans news that LaMelo Ball has, in fact, won Rookie of the Year. I think Anthony Edwards narrowed the gap considerably over the last two months, you know, while LaMelo missed a lot of time and, and Edwards surged post-All-Star break, but nevertheless doesn't win the award. Any any thoughts on on that? It doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter ultimately all that much, but it is, you know, kind of a nice honor to have if you can get it. Right. It's a nice honor to have. Um, doesn't matter. It doesn't have any, uh, I don't believe, any contractual implications for Edwards with rookie of the year voting. Um, I mean, this was expected. This, this was kind of the, the national quote unquote narrative. One of my favorite words throughout the, mm-hmm. the course of the season that LaMelo, you know, here he is dynamic rookie leading Charlotte to a winning, uh, was a winning team and they made the play in uh, tournament, which I think, I think his return plus Charlotte making the play in tournament was ultimately probably what got him enough votes, first place votes in the end uh, to, to get it over a surging Edwards who had a fantastic second half of the season. And at the end of the day, that's what you have to be happy with. If you're, if you're a Wolves fan is that second half of the season was special and it does give you a, 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 a really good feeling heading into the off season. So yes, he didn't win the award. And, and as somebody who follows awards uh, with my, with my favorite actors, actresses, and, and divas, I get disappointed too when they don't win awards. But ultimately, I have to tell myself, you know what? It doesn't really matter all that much. Oh, what was the comparison you made on Twitter? I, I had a couple. I said, uh, it's like when Allison Janney beat Laurie Metcalf for Best Supporting Actress a few years ago. I, I will not. It's have like, it. it's like, okay. it's like, Alice, I, I love Allison Janney. I won't, but it have, was any like, Allison, I won't have any Allison Janney. There is going to be podcast. no Allison Janney okay. slander. Especially here. not on episode I, I'm just 100. Saying, I'm just saying that, like, for some somehow during that Oscar race, everybody had just made up their minds that Allison Janney was going to win the Oscar. And it was like Laurie Metcalf and Lady Bird comes out and it's like he's getting all these great reviews and people just didn't really reevaluate who they were voting for. It was like, nope, this is Allison Janney's award all the way through. And that's why I think this is very much uh, this is so LaMelo Ball is Allison Janney in this analogy and, and Anthony Edwards is Laurie Metcalf. That, only only place on the internet you're going to hear that comparison, by the way. Probably uh, that, that was for I Tanya, right? Which is one of my favorite. I Tanya, I Tanya, yeah, that's that's what you want to. One yeah. of my favorite movies of the last ten years. So I will not hear any. I, I get. I know what you say. I like the comparison. I get what you're saying. I didn't see Lady mm-hmm. Bird, by the way. Sorry, uh, I did see okay. I Tanya, which probably tells you more about well, my. Probably, which, but also, but also a very apt comparison because most people don't watch Timberwolves games. So you know. <laughs> That's true. So how do they know? How do That's they know true. Anthony Edwards is better than Lamelo Ball? That's how true. do you know that Laurie Metcalf isn't better than Allison Janney? So the Lady Bird versus I Tanya controversy of 2021 has been brought to the NBA <laughs> Rookie of the Year race. That's a good comparison. Um, I also, I also compared it to the 2006 Grammys when U2 and Green Day beat out Mariah Carey for these? Album of the Year. How do you remember any all of and those? record of the year? Um, the the Grammy losses like that are, are scarred deep within me. Um, cause as a, cause being a big Mariah fan that I, yeah. I just, I just remember just being as so let down in front of the TV that, Oh, 
the white rock, the white guys with guitars won again at the Grammys. What a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's talk lottery quick. Um, The drawing is Tuesday, correct? We we know they Mm -hmm. have about a 27, 28% chance of keeping the pick, which would mean it lands in the top three. Otherwise, the pick goes to Golden State. Most likely, that would be like in the six, seven, even eight range. Could still be four, but that's not as likely at this point based on right. kind of where they where they are. And it can't be five, right? I think that's the that's the way the lottery works. Is if you're six, you can jump into the top four, but you can't go to five. So it's there's a chance right. you, you can't be, you can't just jump up one spot. That's right. There, yeah. it's got to be into the yeah. top four. At which point, you know, likely the Wolves keep it unless it's that 10% chance of being the, the four pick or else it conveys a little bit lower to Golden State. Do you have any sense of, you know, are they bringing out all the stops for good luck? I know they've done that in the past or, you know, organizational mood, I guess, at this point as they, as they evaluate the offseason or even just your mood thinking about this. Well, I mean, my mood is that if they don't get the pick, my summer becomes a little easier. That's true. That's true. <laughs> 73% chance your summer's a little easier. <laughs> My summer's a little harder if they end up with a top three pick. Um, and, but I will say that I think organizationally, I think that they are, they are fine with whatever happens on Tuesday night. Um, would they like the pick? Obviously they would like a top three pick. Nobody's going to deny that, but you know, you made this bet a year, over a year ago when you made the D'Angelo Russell trade, you had to know that this was a possibility I think they were hoping that maybe it would be in the low teens if they had to give it up, you know, or something like that. But here they are sixth heading into the, into the lottery. So you just kind of let the chips fall where they may. Gerson Roses uh, last, I think it was, well, uh, maybe like more like a month and a half ago when I interviewed him uh, said, Hey, we have a plan. If we, if we get the pick, we have a plan. If we don't get the pick. So they have the contingencies in place. They're still scouting. They're still doing their due diligence because you want to make sure you're you're ready to strike if you end up with a top three pick. Um, but I, you know, they're ready. They're they're ready for whatever happens. And I suppose too, that makes sense. I would love, by the way, if you just said, "I don't know what we're going to do if we don't get the pick." Uh, yeah. But <laughs> like, wow, we just never. We're not. We're not prepared for that. But I guess we ulti- really need this pick. I yeah, mean, I guess <laughs> ultimately. Doomed. Ultimately, they probably, you know, at the start of the year went into this thinking there's no way we're going to have the pick because they thought they're going to be a lot better than this. So this is you know, the mm-hmm. fact that they even have a shot at the pick is probably at least, you know, surprising to them. And you know, would be a would be a, a benefit, I guess, at this point. But, yeah, we'll see. They have not had terribly good lottery luck in the past. So they did get the number one pick a couple times, mm-hmm. including with Edwards and Towns. So. You see the value of, uh, of getting, you know, jumping up and getting that number one pick. Yeah. I think it's time to talk about Timberwolves players as Carol King songs is a great off season again, exercise. Again, yeah. We did this. One, my like, idea. We did this a few years ago and the roster is almost completely changed since then. Right. It was very impromptu as well. When we did it, we just kind of, did yeah, it we just ripped out. I give you, I give you at least a few hours to prepare for it <laughs> this time. So what, yes, what, what do you, what do you have? By, by the way, there's some, you told me some big Carol King news too, right? There is some big Carol King news uh, who she has not written a lot of songs in recent years as she's aged a little bit, but she uh, has collaborated with Jennifer Hudson on a song for the new Aretha Franklin uh, movie that Jennifer Hudson plays Aretha Franklin and coming out in August. It's coming out on Friday. It's very, very exciting news. And hopefully this time next year, we'll be able to say Academy Award winner, Carol King. 
her best original song. That's my hope, at least. Or maybe she'll lose and you'll make another comparison to a Timberwolves rookie <laughs> who finished second in the voting. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Okay. So what uh, songs? But I, you but I got what, a few here. What players are we talking about? Okay, let's go. All right. Well, first, let's start with uh, we'll start with Carl Anthony Towns first. And okay. the song I have for him is Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow? Ah, that's because good. Okay. I feel uh-huh. I feel like that's the eternal question between the fan base and Towns is is he going to leave is you know is he going to get upset at some point and and hit the button on the trade request like we see young superstars uh do I feel like that is the that is the the uh perpetual dynamic that we have between Carl Anthony Towns and the Timberwolves fan base um your thoughts I think that's a good one I think that's apt he's got is he three years left on his contract at this yep. point so yeah. really, this is kind of, you know, when you're evaluating the NBA, you know, I think I feel like in sports, it used to be, it was the contract year that was the, okay, what's going to happen year. And the NBA really it's shifted. And even in some other sports where, you know, you kind of got that cost control or, you know, you're kind of looking into the future. It, it's become kind of the year before the walk year that's become the, right. The, right. the make or break point. So, you know, they need to show something. We've talked about this. They need to show something this year. This year. This to year, yeah. you know, to make him feel good going into the twenty, you know, twenty one, twenty two season, uh, to think that he's not gonna, like you say, hit, hit the button on uh, eject, get me out of here, kind of thing. So yeah, I like I like that one for him. Okay, uh, we'll go to Ricky Rubio next. Ah, yes, thank you. Uh, I put you've got a friend. Oh, I feel is that like for me? no matter. Well, I mean, I feel like it, you, you, and the rest of the Timberwolves fans who have fallen in love with him—that no matter where he goes, no matter what he does, he's he's always got a friend. Let's call out your name. You know, I'll always be That's there, right. Ricky. <laughs> That's right. So, Ricky Rubio's, you've got a friend. Okay. Um, we've got up next. We've got um, Nas Reed. Okay. Um, deep cut here, and it's going to be a deep cut Carol song too. Okay. That. Is, a, is an album track from her 1975 album, Thoroughbred, called I'd Like to Know You Better. Okay, I like that. That's, I feel that's like, uh, yeah, which is a, a song about, you know, connecting with someone and, and seeing what the potential might be there. And I feel like that's that's where fans are with Nas Reed. It's like, let's keep seeing this, this thing grow and let's keep seeing your potential here. Maybe a and, bigger role for Nas Reed at some point. Maybe, you know, getting... Mm-hmm starter minutes at some point we'll see i mean i don't know mm-hmm. if, you know ultimately he's he's definitely got value um but yeah i would like to know more i'd like to know more about him That's you would great. like to know more exactly I'd like to know yeah. more. okay you'd like to know more um let's go to uh jaden mcdaniels okay coming up next here and i'm going with a track from her 1971 album music not tapestry not tapestry. the other album she released in 71 her okay. the big one she released the follow-up later that year uh, and this one is one of my favorite songs that she's ever done. It's called "It's Going to Take Some Time." Okay, so you, this I is feel like, like, like a it's like a temper enthusiasm thing on temper Jayden enthusiasm, but also but also like just know it's going to take some time. That you know this could this could this could work out in the end, and it, it, it's just you know just got to give it some time. Okay, it, it, I was I kind of I kind of wanted to go with "I'd Like to Know You Better" for him too, but I can only use it. From one for one player, so yeah, I think you know. it takes some time is probably maybe better for McDaniel. Mm-hmm. So I agree with that. I think it's mm-hmm. you see a lot of potential in him, but what he's going to become um, is probably more 
more interesting than what's in the here and now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Carpenters did a, a very good cover of it's going to take some time. Okay. Okay. Uh, top 12 hit with it back in the day. All right. Moving on. We've got uh, Jarrett Culver. Ooh. Okay. And this is a song that was on uh, Dusty Springfield's classic album, Dusty in Memphis. Okay. Um, that Carol King wrote. It's called Don't Forget About Me. Mm, I don't know. I think this might be, <laughs> I think they might have already forgotten about him, Chris. They doesn't seem like I, I he's mean, part he's, of the plan. I mean, he, he's saying this in this. In he's this saying it. Got it. Yeah. Don't yes, forget yes. about me. Don't they, forget about me. It sure, yeah. like the beginning of the year, they sure had a role for him. And then it mm-hmm. just, he got hurt and then he, things happened and he wasn't effective. And then all of a sudden, like, you don't know what's going to happen with, I, you know, I'd be surprised if there's much of a role for him going forward though. Yeah. Um, would you prefer it's too late as the Jared Culver? Maybe. Um, I don't know if there's someone else on the roster who is more apt for that, but yeah, yeah. He's, 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 Mm -hmm. he's got some, it's too late vibe to him, even though it's, it's probably not. It's probably too early to say that about someone so young. That's what I think so too, yeah. and that's what I. That's what I think so too. I just. So that's why I thought. Don't forget about me. Was like, a better. Was a if, better fit for him. If he ever somehow became like a thirty-five percent shooter from three, he he could have himself a career still. Yeah. All right, moving on. Let's do uh, D'Angelo Russell. Okay, I like this. Here we go. Another another deep Carol cut from okay. the 1972 album Rhymes and Reasons. Okay. Uh, called Bitter with the Sweet. Okay. Uh huh. So, because I think there are times when D'Angelo, like, it looks really good out there, and and he's cooking, and he's he's playing really well offensively. But then there are times where maybe he goes two for eleven. The defense isn't there. Like, you got to take the bitter with the sweet with D'Angelo Russell. I feel like I like it. And you know what? Too when he's not shooting well, he doesn't stop shooting. Uh, there's a lot yeah. of. Uh, <laughs> I feel like most games it's either a lot of bitter or a lot of sweet. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of both in the same game it's uh it's it's a lot of hot or cold so i like it i'm, I'm good for that mm-hmm. we got a couple more right a couple more uh, malik beasley okay uh, i went with i went with where you lead which is very much a song about kind of following somebody else yep um and i just feel that way because it's that's his role in the offense is like kind of dependent on other people doing the doing the leading offensively and he is there to take advantage of of cat or d people that create the shots so i chose where yeah. you lead for malik i like that and i think you know one thing we can't overlook too is down the stretch as they got better we didn't really get to see a look with him in the lineup either and i'd be very curious to see that at the start of next year how that fits how he balances them does he take on more of a sixth man role does he does he a starter i'm not exactly sure but he there's you know obviously he's one of their best three-point shooters on the team he brings a dimension they don't have so uh, yeah i'm 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 with you on that one and this is the last one i came up with um we can maybe spitball a few others if you wanted to but the last one i did was anthony edwards okay um and i did i feel the earth move for anthony edwards okay. wow that's a big song for a big player rim, rim rocking dunks uh a b i just feel like this rookie year was very much like the wolves fan base like falling head over heels in love with him, which is very much the tone of that song is about yeah. falling in love. So I feel like uh, I feel the earth move is an, is an appropriate one for Anthony Edwards. I feel like it's good that I gave you some lead time on these because these were very yeah. thoughtful, um, appropriate, <laughs> appropriately, uh, you know, intersection of Carol King songs. And 
Timberwolves players. I, I, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. almost all of them, you know, the Jarrett Culver, it's too late. Even I guess if it's his, from his perspective, I guess that's okay. Mm-hmm. No, it was, no, it was it. It wasn't, it's too late. Don't Culver. forget it. Don't forget about, don't me. forget about me. Don't forget yes. about me. Yeah. Yeah. A, deep, a dusty Springfield. Yeah. Deep cut. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about that one, but uh, the rest of them, I'm with <laughs> you, Chris Hine. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the kind of content that you can expect on daily delivery um, for hundreds every, of more episodes every hundred episodes or so we'll do uh, we'll do more carol king songs <laughs> on the show but i hope everybody enjoyed that i enjoyed that thoroughly um it's just kind of yes. a different way to talk about wolves players chris hine <laughs> thank you so much i need to get your jacket still i feel bad if i would have remembered we will, we will today, get this it, at some point it will yeah you don't need it like right now because it's like a you know, boiling outside but i right. want you to have it so it'll be yours soon but Thanks again for joining me again today and all the previous times. And uh, let, let's do this again at, uh, at episode 200. I, I agree. Let's do it again. Thank you. Let's end with the cooler. Major League Baseball's foremost team in caution victories this season, the Twins. Four more things to add to that list on, uh, on Wednesday that we learned about. One, Byron Buxton doesn't appear like he's fully healthy yet. At least that's the Twins' opinion. Buxton wants to play, it sounds like trying to convince them that he's ready to go, but he is not did not play in any of those games against Seattle um, while trying to work his way back onto the field. Twins saying, Rocco Aldelli saying he might need another stint in St. Paul because he's still not able to run full speed. And that would be a major disappointment because when he came off, you know, came onto this trip with them, it sure looked like that was a a sign that maybe he was ready. Now Wednesday, Bailey Ober pitches well, but he's lifted after what, 63 pitches? Uh, because that's that's the pitch count he's going to be on for the rest of the year. The Twins limiting their their young pitchers to not that many innings because um, that you know they're worried not not that many pitches because they're worried that none of them had minor league seasons a year ago. So that's interesting to me as well. Josh Donaldson and Dalton Simmons both leave um, Wednesday's game, which won won by the Twins by the way seven two. With uh, minor injuries, um, it, it sounds like Rockla Valdelli describes. Uh, the calf strain of uh, of Josh Donaldson is nothing. I'm gonna find the I'm gonna find the exact quote for you here. Um, there's not not really a high level of concern right now, but it is a calf injury that's caused him to miss time in the past. His calf tightness, right calf, and Dalton Simmons left ankle problem. Something he's had some problems with this year. It's something that definitely relieves itself normally in a day or two. Rocco Baldelli said, "We'll be watching those though because day or two and not troubling." Uh, tend to lead to bigger things with the Twins, even as they try to exercise this caution this season. That'll do it for today. Thank you so much for joining episode 100 of Daily Delivery. Hope you've listened to as many of them as possible. Tell a friend, write a review, download the podcast all the time as you will. Read Star Tribune, startribune.com, and we'll catch you again for episode 101 on Friday.